Holy moly. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to end. The Pacers and Hawks just combined for 309 points. Tyrese Halliburton set numerous franchise records. The Pacers win. They win their in-season tournament group. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about on today's Locked On Pacers podcast. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about a team with a lot of new franchise records, the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today, no notes. No notes about the game. Don't need them. We're talking about one of the craziest regular season games I've seen in a long time, 300 and nine total points. Pacers beat the Hawks 157 to 152. If you like defense, you're not going to like this game. You're not going to like today's podcast. If you like Tyrese Halliburton, you're going to love this game and love today's podcast because it was one of the wildest games and best displays of shot making I've seen in an NBA basketball game that ended with a Pacer win, an in-season tournament group clinching, and numerous franchise records for both the Pacers and Halliburton. And with all that, the Pacers don't get this done without Halliburton's teammates getting him across the line in the fourth quarter. A total team performance. Everybody deserves credit for getting it done. And let me tell you, with this high-energy two minutes you've heard so far of the Pacers winning this game and all these points, the 16th highest scoring game in regular season NBA history, 11th highest game that didn't go to overtime. Insane. I did not at all think that that would be how this show would go. The Pacers stunk for the first half of this game. They gave up 86 in the first half. The Pacers' defense stinks. That's not new. That's not a thing we need to really dive into today. Although, man, oh, man, is it going to be something that has to be talked about soon because I probably need to do a whole show on how bad it is. 86 in the first half to the Hawks. That's a Hawks first half franchise record. Pacers scored 73 in the first half themselves. That's awesome. 73 means you're on Pacers score 146 for the Pacers. That would win them all but two games this year, the one they played today and the one against Boston. That's a lot of points. They were down double digits at halftime. Their defense was good. God awful. The Hawks could not miss. To their like to the credit of the Pacers, a tiny bit Bogdan Bogdanovich hit some just bananas, like catching above his head threes, like he was playing out of his mind. And that wasn't going to sustain. But they also gave up so many easy shots at the rim from deep wide open all night, all night. And so I thought this show was gonna be Oh, the Pacers defense has is still terrible and has is the worst in the league now and the Pacers can't make up for it every night and then the third quarter happened and the third quarter was statistically the best scoring quarter any Pacers player has ever played ever Tyrese Halburn in the third quarter let me tell you and repeat what I just said this is a stat line for one player not a team in one quarter not a game of basketball a 12-minute span of NBA play. Tyrese Halliburton scored 26 points, had a rebound, four assists, one steal, and a block, plus 18. Let me remind you, that was one quarter of time that Tyrese Halliburton did that. 26 points in a quarter is a Pacers franchise record for points in one quarter. The previous record for the Pacers record for points in a quarter was 25, which was held by... 
Tyrese Halliburton and Jordan Wara. We can't forget Jordan Wara. One, because he had 25 and a quarter. Two, he's on the pace right now. And three, he did it in Atlanta last year. How funny is that? Um, just a very crazy slew of coincidence there. But Tyrese Halliburton now holds the Pacers record for points in a quarter. He was unconscious from the field in the third. It completely changed the game because he was bending the defense. He only made one two. He made seven threes. And you'll never guess what I'm about to say. That is a franchise record for the Pacers. And you will never guess who previously held the Pacers franchise record for points in a quarter or threes in a quarter. Excuse me. That's right. It was Tyrese Halliburton who had six. And also, not to be forgotten, Justin Holiday also hit six and a quarter one time. But my God, was Tyrese Halliburton unbelievable in that quarter. He had a couple early threes, forces the Hawks to call a timeout. And the Pacers, to their credit in this quarter, I don't have to talk about defense much in this 309-point game. They actually, like, they held, air quotes, the Hawks at 28. Someone laughed that I tweeted that they held them to 28. But if the Pacers held their opponent to 28 every quarter in a game, they would give up 112, and they're averaging over 125. That is held for them. They would win, like, every game if they held everybody to 28 points in a quarter. Um, They defended much better. They adjusted to Trey. They adjusted who was on him, right? McConnell started guarding him when he was in. McConnell in the first half was on Bogdanovich a lot. They switched that up. They were pressuring him more full court. They were double teaming him, not even letting him catch the ball. That let DeJounte Murray do some nice stuff. DeJounte Murray had a good third quarter. He had some nice buckets and passes. Trey Young still had 11 points in the quarter, but they slowed him down. They actually disrupted the Hawks, who turned it over six times and didn't shoot nearly as well. And Tyrese Halbert took advantage on the other end, right? The Pacers could not string together stops in the first half. They started to in the third quarter, but it wouldn't matter if they couldn't score. But Halliburton said, I'm, I'm going to score. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do it. Every possession, he created something. Four assists as well. So to be clear, the Pacers made 16 shots in the third quarter. Tyrese Halliburton himself scored or assisted on 12 of them, <laughs> which is crazy. The Pacers made five free throws in the quarter. Tyrese Halliburton himself made three of them. So he had 60% of their free throws, 75% accounted for of all their baskets, seven of their nine threes, 26 of their 46 points. Add some more if you want to count the assists. Plus 18 to lead them back from a game where they were getting smoked at halftime. Their defense was atrocious. And instead, Tyrese Halliburton gets them ahead by the end of that quarter where they could play to a draw in the fourth and get it done. He was bananas in that frame. He finishes the game with 37 points, on, insane, on 18 shots. And he, he, he took seven free throws, which is funny. Brad Rowland and I on yesterday's show previewing the game talked about the big difference between Trey Young and Halliburton was the free throws. Well, Trey Young had eight attempts in this game, and Halliburton had seven. Credits to Tyrese for that. But he made nine of 15 from deep, one off of his personal and the Pacers record for threes made in the game. Made 11 shots, so only two for three from two only, air quotes. 16 assists, five boards, three steals, one block. He did have six turnovers. He will hate that. But he was awesome, awesome, awesome. Plus 16. Only two, only three players on the Pacers, excuse me, were uh, better than plus five, right? So most of the guys were in for a very competitive back-and-forth game. Halliburton, Isaiah Jackson, who we'll talk about later, and Buddy Heald, which we will talk about him later, were all awesome in this game in a way that shifted it. But Halliburton was the driver of everything, 37-16. and He is the in-season tournament king. And the Pacers somehow, someway, in a game where they were down 20 points in the second quarter, were up 13 early in the fourth because of the third quarter that Tyrese Halliburton had against the Hawks on Tuesday. And that was enough to win 
in a completely insane basketball game where both teams scored 150 points and nobody could stop anybody at all. Uh, for more franchise records, before we continue to just talk about the game in general, uh, 157 points for the Pacers in this game. Guess what? That's a record. That is the most points they've scored in a the game. Their previous record being 152, which they scored against the OKC Thunder in DeMontis Sabonis' return from injury game a few seasons ago. They had 152 in a game before that as well. I could not remember when that one was, but I did remember the 152, so easy enough to do for the show. They were one made basket away, uh, or excuse me, one made three away from tying their record for made threes in a game at 23. They made 22 of 45 in this game, Halberton and Heald had 15 of those 22. No one else made more than two, which credit Bruce Brown and Ben Matherin, they made their shots. But in particular, those two guys carried the way to that record. 309 is the most points in a game the Pacers have been a part of ever. That used to be 305 was the record there. So their defense contributed a little bit uh, to that being a record. And so you put all those numbers and records together. You've got a night that Halliburton will never forget. You've got a night that will be referenced for the Pacers for years in terms of records. And holy cow, do you remember them? There was that 300-point game. And do you remember yesterday when Brad Roland and I were joking about the over-under being 260? A little low. <laughs> a little low. If I had said 270, Brad would have laughed at me, and that would have been under by 30 points. It was an unbelievable basketball game. Nobody could miss. Nobody could guard anybody, even with defensive adjustments. Like, three stops in a row. I cover the Indiana Fever and the WNBA as well. They call that a kill. I think there were probably like two or three kills total in this whole game. Nobody could guard. It was unbelievable. It was ridiculous. And the Pacers win, and they win their group. They are on to the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament. All the players getting at least 50K of prize money. We got lots more to talk about from the in-season tournament to the fourth quarter, everybody else stepping up to everything else that happened. The Pacers changed their starting lineup. I haven't even mentioned it yet 10 minutes into the show because this game was so bananas. I can't even believe what just happened. Boy, do we have a lot to get to. But before we get to any of it, we got to talk about the wonderful people over at eBay Motors, our partners here who have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy basketball picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouring the waiver wire, every week you're going to get provided insights on players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh picked out for us this week on eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Well, one of them, many of you from Indiana will know, Jaden Ivey, Purdue guy, back with the Pistons, back in the starting five after a really funky start to the season. The Pistons stink, but they're actually playing Ivey now. He's putting up a little better numbers, and it's always going to be intriguing when a young, talented player regains a starting spot. That's why Josh has him in uh, his spot for Fantasy Picks of the Week, along with Eric Gordon, an Indy native, Alex Caruso, Santi Aldama, and Kyle Anderson, Josh Lloyd's going to help you win your fantasy championships, and eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, and that is the same with your vehicle. Think about your dream ride or a memory of you with your dream ride. You've got to keep that car running, or you've got to keep it upgraded to your standards. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof pack bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at those prices, you're going to be burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay's guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. 
Back here on Locked on Pacers, thanks for making us your first listen today and every single day for your second listen. Check out Brad on Locked on Hawks. What the heck will he be saying about Trey Young having that game? And they're still losing. Also, check out Locked on Sports Today, 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube with all the latest from around Locked on and our national shows. You can get the latest in sports all the time, 24-7. Doesn't stop. It's there for you. Let's keep rolling on what was an un real night for the Pacers. And I actually want to jump backwards to talk about this. Rick Carlisle pushing the buttons. Pacers, if you'll remember, <laughs> for those of you who listen to the show every day, shout out to you everydayers. Or for those of you who are just in tune with the NBA, Pacers got embarrassed on Sunday. They Orlando Magic were in Indy, and they were up 40 in the third quarter. They were up 38 before halftime. They were doubling the Pacers up 38-76 at one point in the game. Pacers got embarrassed. Don't worry about the final score. It was a 12-point game, whatever. They got embarrassed. And they clearly had a different tone at practice Monday. And they changed their starting lineup for Pacers-Hawks. Aaron Nishmith starts for Obi Toppin. I think at some point, if the Pacers were going to tweak to their best lineup, that was going to be something that happened. They're both young, play a similar position. Toppin was fantastic in this game. So maybe we'll see that more often. The one I didn't expect is Buddy Heald started for Ben Matherin. Given the long-term impacts of those two, uh, that was interesting to me. Although I think the Pacers... Purely best five players is probably the group, or sorry, the Pacers' best five in a lineup. Maybe not their best five players, but in a lineup is the five guys that they started in this game. They did it. They started Buddy Heald for Ben Matherin, who Ben Matherin still played a good amount and had a wonderful game. We'll talk about him in the third segment. Aaron Neesmith had a great game. Buddy Heald had a great game. Those two hit threes right away. 6-0 Pacers right away with those two hitting the threes. They win by five. That was a significant moment, but a big change. Matherin back to the bench, Rican. Have the ball a little more, do his thing. And look at that. He looked a little bit more like himself. Uh, and Obi Toppin off the bench had a, a wonderful game. A, just a fantastic game. We'll see what the minutes end up shaking out to be. But that was a big change. Entering this game, the Pacers starting five from this game, which was uh, Bruce Brown, Tyrese Halberton, the two new guys at Miles Turner, had played a 18 minutes and was plus 14. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. In this game, the Neesmith Brown, Halberton, Heald, Turner lineup played 12 and a half minutes. 58 total possessions. They were plus eight, right? They got good shots. They made eight of their 12 twos and nine of their 13 threes, which is highly influential to their plus minus. But their opponents also went nuts from two and three. So it's definitely some balance happening, but that group won again. Uh, they've been better than what the old starting five was. So the long-term impacts of Neesmith Toppin, kind of neutral. They're both young. They've got Neesmith under contract for longer, but Toppin's restricted for agency. The Matherin healed one, we will see. That one is definitely interesting to see how it's going to shake out and what it could mean for the Pacers. For now, clearly, they're pushing for the wins, and Heald helped them get there. Heald was unbelievable. We will talk more about him later. But that changed things up significantly for the Pacers because the starting five was better because of that. And their bench had some good things and some bad things. I actually will turn to my notes for just this part of this discussion, right? Their bench now, given these changes, and Reminder, Andrew Nemhard was out. He's dealing with a sore back. But their bench was TJ McConnell, Obi Toppin, Ben Matherin, and whoever their backup five was. Jalen Smith played in the first half, and Isaiah Jackson played in the second half. I'm not really sure why Quinn Buckner couldn't see Jalen Smith on the bench during the broadcast, but Jeremiah Johnson said Jalen Smith is fine and he was available. Isaiah Jackson played backup five in the second half. We'll see if that's anything. I don't think Jalen Smith was like particularly bad or anything, but Isaiah Jackson was ridiculous. Either way, the bench, whatever it is, those four guys are good. 
but that's less shooting, right? They used to have healed with that group. Neesmith's been shooting better this season. They lose both of them. So the the bench shot well in this game in particular. Well, I guess Toppin didn't. But they, that group needs shooting with them if they're going to run with that group. The fifth guy they used in the first half a lot was Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown's good. I like the two-point guard looks the Pacers have when Halliburton's on him, but he can't shoot that well. And so that group kind of stunk. That bench group was not good in the first half. right? Jalen Smith, for he's the perfect example. He only played in the first half with the bench group. He made both of his shots. He had three rebounds, two offensive boards, played a nice game. He was minus 10. Ben Shepard got in in the first half. He was minus nine, right? So that group didn't work. In the second half, Halberton played a ton of minutes because he was ridiculous, but it did because they changed it up ever so slightly. Early fourth quarter, it was not Bruce Brown in with that group. Instead, um, they had a, a similar group to the first half, but instead it was healed. Who can shoot it? And I think that makes more sense to me. Uh, having a shooter with them. So they'll have to figure out exactly how that's going to work and toggle and be the thing. They'll have to probably have to pull healed out first from Atherin and figure out all the balancing things. But I like that change. I think it's good for the Pacers in terms of winning games. They did win this game. That group was a positive. They'll just have to figure out how to make that bench group as strong as possible, especially when Andrew Nemhard returns. And they do still need to figure out some defensive stuff. We'll go on this for a couple of minutes before talking about how the Pacers closed this one out without Tyrese Halberton scoring a single point in the fourth quarter. Can you believe that? This guy had how many through three and in the fourth took one shot? No points. Ridiculous what the Pacers do to carry him across. Pacers defense was absolutely miserable <laughs> in this game. Oh, my Lord. It was bad. Giving up shots at the basket all night long. They couldn't stop the Hawks at all. Atlanta had 74 points in the paint. That is not a misspeak. That is not a misprint from the NBA. That is 74 points. In the paint, they have a good driving team, but not a great driving team. They were shooting like 65% for like the whole first half. They never turned it over. They hit almost half their threes. They were getting to the foul line, and they had 12 offensive rebounds. They're not a great rebounding team. That's where this one really surprised me. Pacers defense was awful, just just straight up awful. They have got to, got to, got to, got to be better in that end. I thought Caitlin Cooper's tweet was perfect about, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, I'll try to pull it up so I don't totally butcher it, but she tweeted this at halftime when they were down by 13, like, the Pacers' level on defense does not have to be that high. Obviously, of course, the best level you can get to on defense is great. Here's her exact wording. This is perfect. The defense doesn't need to be good, or even mediocre. It merely needs to be bad, and it is terrible. And that is absolutely the perfect way of saying it. The Pacers scored 73 points in the first half. That's awesome. That's a well-oiled machine. That's a clicking team. That should win you almost every night in the NBA. And they were down a lot. They have got to be better on defense. That almost sunk them in this game. The reason the score was so high, two fast-paced teams who can't defend that can score like crazy, matching up, like you saw, the Hawks couldn't defend at all either. They were giving up stuff, funneling to the rim all night too. But the Pacers' defense was just truly brutal in this game. And their lineup change is not going to help their defense that much, right? Neesmith is a better defender, but they lose a lot of their bench defense success that they've had all season. That group has been really good defensively and kind of stabilizing. So without that now, right, when you're going with Nemhard, Matherin, Toppin, Smith as your backups, you need the shooting more to me, but you're losing some defense there. So we will see how this all balances out for the Pacers, but they really struggled defensively in really all game. Obviously, you give up 152. That's bananas. They found a little groove in that third quarter, but every other quarter besides the third, which really is the Pacers won this game in the third quarter, the Pacers gave up at least 38 in every quarter of the game. 
which is this the box score of this game looks fake. The Pacers' worst quarter was 34. <laughs> like, what what happened? It, it was just absolutely unbelievable to see this game happen. Uh, and it was an in-season tournament game. And the last thing I want to talk about here before we talk about the everybody else carrying Halliburton across the line in the fourth quarter. In-season tournament, Pacers win their group. They're 3-0. and They've beaten the Hawks. They've beaten the Sixers. They've beaten the Cavs. Any other team that could have gotten to 3-1 and now loses the direct tiebreaker to the Pacers. But because of the way other teams have beaten each other in the group, the Cavs beat the Sixers on Tuesday. On Tuesday, The Sixers had already beaten the Hawks. The Hawks beat the Cavs. Well, guess what? They can't all finish 3-1. and Only one of them can finish 3-1. and Only the Cavs, who beat the Sixers, can finish 3-1. and So even if the Pacers lose to the Pistons on Friday, they win the group. They will finish top seed in the group. The best the Cavs can do is second. Even if they win and have a better point differential, they lose that head-to-head tiebreaker. So Pacers win the group. They're off to the quarterfinals, which means every player on the team gets 50000 in cash prize, even if they lose that game. If they win, that goes up. Uh, the quarterfinal game will either be December 4th or 5th. Can't say where or when yet. If they win their group, they have a much better chance of hosting that game. But if there's three 4-0 teams, if the top team in each group is 4-0, point differential is a tiebreaker, so it's not yet confirmed that the Pacers will be hosting that game. And they have to beat Detroit, obviously, to even talk about being 4-0 in their own group. But they're there. They're in the quarterfinals part of the in-season tournament. Very cool. They've been killing it. Tyrese Halliburton's been unbelievable in these games. We will see if they can keep up that level. But now we'll, we'll talk more about that on Friday and next Tuesday is an in-season tournament night, but the Pacers don't play. They'll be done. So they'll be rooting for specific things potentially for matchup purposes uh, or for travel purposes or for bracket purposes. And then they're in it. They'll be playing in it come December 4th, a quarter final game. If they win that, they're off to Vegas. So lots of fun stuff coming for the Pacers in the in-season tournament. They earned it. They beat everybody. They beat all the good teams in their group. Maybe another one of them gets out, but the Pacers have earned the right to be in the quarterfinals. They've played fan Fantastic. And you know who was fantastic in this game? Everyone on the Pacers who played in the fourth quarter. A lot of guys were amazing for the Pacers in this game. They all deserve praise. I haven't even had a chance to talk about them yet. Uh, ben Matherin was hitting ridiculous shots when it mattered late. Buddy Heald did not miss a three in this game. That is not a misspeak. We have a lot still to talk about from Pacers Hawks. But before we do it all, we got to talk about FanDuel NFL season. Halfway done somehow. A little over that. We're so far in. The Colts are back this week after a week off, still on that playoff hunt. And FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is the place that you can score early this NFL season. Right now, new customers on FanDuel get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. How about that? That's $150, almost as many bucks as the Pacers had points tonight if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action than right now. NHL rolling, NBA rolling, NFL getting to the halfway point. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, over-under spreads, player props, your favorites. They've got them all and more on FanDuel. Go so visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season over on FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. And thank you, as always, for making Locked On Pacers your first listen today and every single day. For your second listen, jump on over to Locked On NBA because I'm there. Me and Jake Madison talk about this Pacers game and the in-season tournament in general and James Dolan. What's going on with him in the Knicks? Well, you'll find out if you jump on over to Locked On NBA where we cover the whole league at large every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Here in Pacerland, we got to talk about everybody else 
who played in this game. New starter, Buddy Heald, in a huge funk, like 23.8% from three his last six games after a great start. And Merrick Carlisle still opts to start him. And boy, was that the right choice. Buddy Heald in this game, 9 for 11 from the field, made all six of his threes, was asked to defend typically above his weight class to me. He got some tough matchups, and he finishes with 24 points. He hit a hilarious bucket at the end of the game um, to because the Pacers were like, oh, yeah, point differential could matter for the playoffs. It was very funny. Obi Toppin threw him the assist for it. Uh, so 24 for Heald. He was awesome. And in the fourth quarter... Buddy Heald was 5-for-6 from the field, 3-for-3 three three from deep for 13 vital points. Reminder of the fourth quarter here. Tyrese Halliburton, who had the one of the best games of his life, the best third quarter, not even the best third quarter, the best ever quarter by a Pacers player. In the fourth, 0-for-1 from the field, 2 assists, 3 turnovers, 0 points. He was fine. They, they played the Hawks dead even in his minutes, but that wasn't what they needed. They needed more from somebody. How about Buddy Heald? amazing game and an incredible fourth quarter. Other new starter, Aaron Neesmith. They're going to need him to do a little more on offense if he's going to fill into top and spot. Aaron Neesmith with a messed up shoulder. He wore an undershirt. I don't think I've ever seen him do that. Six for nine from the field. One for three from deep, including a big early one for setting the tone. 17 points plus four, one steal, one block. How about it? He stepped up. That's what they're going to need. He's going to be playing at a size disadvantage a lot. If he stays in the starting five, a good way to combat that, make your shots. And he was attacking the rim. Tonight was one of the games I wrote about in the preseason where you can see what he's worked on when it comes to those rim attacks and you know attacking from the baseline or just getting into the paint where he can get to the rim and score. And that's a new dimension of his game. Miles Turner wasn't needed much in the scoring department, but nine rebounds, four blocks. He was great around the rim. A lot of stuff funneled his way. 11 points, nine rebounds, four blocks. That's a Miles Turner game for you right there. Plus five with him on the floor, and Bruce Brown, who played with that bench unit and was pretty important as a passer, hit half of his shots as well. Five for ten, two for five from three, three assists, two steals. All of the Pacers' new starting five fit together and played well. That's a good sign. They have a back-to-back with Toronto tonight. We'll see if they stick with the same group. I suspect they will, though, given how that went. And if it keeps looking good like this, it's going to be hard for them to get off of it. They all played well in this game. Granted, nobody could miss. There was not a lick of defense played in this game. But man, did the Pacers take advantage. And that group in particular looked good. And then the two guys who came out of the starting five, Ben Matherin and Obi Toppin, Ben Matherin had a couple more chances to catch, assess, and attack. And that's fine to do in the starting five, but it just slows down stuff just ever so slightly. If he could make those reads a little faster, it'd be great. Seven for 10 for Matherin, two for four from deep, got to the foul line for four attempts, didn't turn it over a single time, needs to pass a little more, doesn't matter. He was awesome in this game. 19 points for Ben Matherin on 10 shots. That's a brilliant game. And the thing like healed that made Matherin so important. Fourth quarter, Ben Matherin played five minutes and seven seconds. Four for four from the field. Drilled his only three. Got to the foul line. 10 points in the fourth for Ben Matherin. When they needed him most, he was awesome. And Obi Toppin. You would not know he got benched if you looked at his stat line in minutes. Played 34 minutes for the Pacers, Obi Toppin did. Second on the team, only to Halliburton. In a game, he got benched. He went to the second unit and then played that much. Nine for 16 from the field, but he was one for six from deep. So he was eight for 10 on twos. He kept popping up in the dunker spot and on the baseline with a ton of space to operate. Six assists for Obi Toppin. 
<laughs> that is not a misspeak. That is not a misprint. He was passing it in the lane. He was making good reads. He got open for six threes. He did not make six threes, but he got open for six threes. And six assists, to be clear, uh, is tied for his career high in the passing department. He had a brilliant game. Absolutely fantastic performance from top and finishing the plays, spacing on the floor, and late in this game, I can't tell what the exact reason was. I wasn't there, but tactically, both both teams gave up on a center <laughs> late in the game. Isaiah Jackson out, Miles Turner out there on the bench, and Quinn Snyder on the other side for the Hawks. He said, "You know what? Uh, Okongwu out, Clint Capella out. Screw this. Let's go small." So the Hawks had uh, Jalen Johnson as their small ball five to close the game. He played the whole fourth quarter, actually, Jalen Johnson did. And Obi Toppin, guess what? He played the whole fourth quarter, too. He was the Pacers' small ball five down the stretch. Neither of these teams could stop each other, so both coaches said, screw this. I don't need a defensive anchor. Let's just lean all into offense and try to score a bajillion points. Boy, did it work. Obi Toppin's fourth quarter, three for six from the field. He missed two threes, though, so three for four on twos. Played the whole quarter, six points. Five assists in one quarter for Obi Toppin. Man, was he good to close. Him, Matherin, and Heald stepped up big time. They combined for 29 points. Those three guys in the fourth quarter with Halbert not having it going, with the Hawks giving him all the attention in the world, those three were huge. Heald hit all five points late. This game was tied at 152 late. The Pacers were losing 150-149 late. Buddy Heald was amazing. Toppin stepped up. Matherin stepped up. Those guys were brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant when the Pacers needed it. McConnell had some nice defensive moments on Trey Young in the second half once they got that matchup scored away. McConnell did not do so well on Bogdan Bogdanovich in the first half. But once they got that fixed, that went a little bit better. Um, credit to him. And then Isaiah Jackson. <laughs> Whew. Did not expect to be talking about him. I still am curious about the decisions with the center rotation and who played and when and why. But Isaiah Jackson only played in the third and fourth quarter, 12 minutes and 8 seconds, didn't miss a shot. Five rebounds, four blocks, plus eight. Yes, he had some fouls. Isaiah Jackson's going to have fouls. But he was a rim deterrent in his minutes. He made his shots. He made good decisions. I keep saying this, and I feel bad saying it, but Isaiah Jackson's got to be kicking himself for the preseason that he had to seize playing time at the backup five because every game he's gotten into in the regular season, he's been really good. He's having a high impact here, even though the stats aren't there. And he did it again in this game on both ends, made a shot, Cut everywhere, blocked shots, got rebounds, disrupted guys in the Hawks. He was really great filling in. I still don't know why. I don't think Rick explained why the center thing happened uh, the way it did with him and Smith. But Smith was, didn't miss a shot either. Like those guys going three for three is great. Top and filling in is a, a much needed five was great. Everybody who played did something. Ben Shepard hit two shots in this game. Uh, so everybody who played was huge. Nobody who played could defend anybody. Pacers will need to be better on defense going forward. We all know that. I don't want to talk about that on a day they scored 157 points. I want to talk about how freaking cool that game was. One of one. 309 points. Are you kidding? Miles Turner's tweet after the game summed it up perfectly. Uh, you know, known as a defender, Miles Turner tweeted, I watched this league change so much. My God, 309 combined points is OD. It was ridiculous. Quinn Buckner's dancing in the locker room. Tyrese Halberton's posting videos of it. The Pacers are on to the quarterfinals. They just had a historic night. It was unbelievable. They're 8-5. and five. They're a good team. They've got to defend better, but they are really hard to stop 
when they play like this. And Rick Carlisle pushed some good buttons with their lineups today and knows clearly by his adjustments in the second half how he can continue to push better buttons going forward. We'll talk more about the Pacers tomorrow night because they play a game today somehow. It's going to be tough to follow that one up from an energy perspective. Pacers-Raptors tonight in Indy, last game before Thanksgiving. We'll talk about it all tomorrow night. No more guests this week. It's hard to bother people during Thanksgiving week. I don't want anybody to step away from their families to talk to me about Pacers basketball. So just me the rest of this week talking Raptors tomorrow and any other general topics if the game doesn't warrant 30 minutes of discussion. Previewing the Pistons and in-season tournament standings and situations and another general topic for Friday. And then we'll get next week into what happened in that game, where the Pacers will play in the tournament, all sorts of stuff like that. It's all coming here on Locked On Pacers. Hope you guys really enjoyed today's show and this game. It was unbelievable. It was completely ridiculous. And I just talked about it for 32 minutes and 25 seconds. And I looked at my notes once. And I looked at the box score a lot because the numbers are big. And it felt like they kept getting bigger. And it was crazy. And the Pacers are really hard to stop. And I can't stop talking, so I need to. Thank you all for listening. I'm on Twitter, at Tony R. East, and this show is there, at Lockdown Pacers. Back tomorrow, talking Pacers, Raptors, see if they can follow up a historic night with another one. Till then, everybody have a fantastic day.